Hello and welcome to Chapel Chat. Uh, I am Dieter Heinzel. I'm one of the pastors at Ladue Chapel Presbyterian Church in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm your host today. You can find out more about us uh, on our website at ladoochapel.org, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And of course, we'd love for you to join us for worship on Sunday morning or worship with us online. Today, I'm sitting here with uh, David Irwin, our Minister of Music, and uh, David and I wanted to talk a little bit about Lent uh, today, which is one of our most uh, sacred seasons of the year. And so uh, we thought it might be a, a good idea to, to let you in on a few things that uh, Lent is all about and what we have planned uh, in our Holy Week season and the like. So um, that's what, what we're about today. You might be interested uh, to know that uh, Lent really origin originated as a formal preparation for adult candidates for baptism in the early church. And when I say early church, I mean the church of the New Testament, say the first 100 to 300 years after uh, Jesus was crucified. Uh, so they were called catechumens. That's where we get our catechism from, from that word. And um, they would submit themselves to a two-year period of instruction and preparation for their baptism, which was supposed to take place on Easter morning. And uh, these catechumens would uh, then sit in the dark of uh, Holy Saturday on the Saturday before Easter, and they would sit uh, together with all the members of the congregation in a dark sanctuary, and there they would wait for God's light to come into their lives. And when then the sun would rise on uh, Easter morning, uh, at that particular moment, they would be baptized and uh, initiated into uh, God's household of faith. Now, we don't put a lot of emphasis anymore on baptism and preparation for baptism uh, these days. Uh, Lent has undergone a transformation, which is really an apt word for, for the season. And it has become... Uh, a period of devotion and of prayer and of repentance in preparation uh, for Easter. So there are a lot of uh, scholars who are debating back and forth when uh, first Lent actually uh, came about, but nobody really knows. Probably the church adopted the Lent that we know in the fourth uh, century uh, AD or CE, if that designation means, uh, means more to you. And, uh, it's become a period of fasting of 40 days, which is sort of patterned after Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. You'll remember Jesus is being baptized and then right away he's being cast out into the wilderness where he wanders for 40 days and 40 nights. And so that's, uh, that's sort of the pattern for us uh, today for, East, uh, for, for Lent. Now, you may have noticed uh, when you come to uh, worship that uh, the liturgical colors change in our sanctuary. Right now, they are green for um, period of epiphany, period of ordinary time. But then the liturgical color in Lent changes uh, to purple. And uh, you may wonder why purple. Well, good reason for it. 
So uh, if you're a little bit familiar with color wheel, there are three primary colors and two of them are blue and red. And blue symbolizes in the Christian tradition, God's royalty and red symbolizes our sinfulness. So purple then, if you put blue and red together, if you are a painter, you will know you put blue and red together, you get purple. And purple signifies then our wrestling with God, like the story in the Old Testament when Jacob wrestled with God or God's divine presence and uh, receives a new name. So we wrestle for 40 days and 40 nights in Lent uh, with God. And then we will receive a new name uh, in our baptism. We remember that. And we'll receive a new color that signifies that we are new creatures on Easter morning. And when you walk into the sanctuary on Easter morning, all of our paraments, our banners, uh, our stoles that we wear, the pastors, everything uh, is, is white. So that may be just uh, as a way of introduction to uh, what's going on in Lent. And uh, David is going to talk to us a little bit about how that affects his selection of music. Well, thank you, Dieter. So it, with regards to music, there are some changes, like Dieter was talking about, changes in the colors for Lent. Um, the music changes color a little bit, too and becomes more reflective, more introspective, I would say. We tend to have um, use of music that's written in minor keys, and at first that might sound maybe like it's sad, but that's not necessarily the case. But I think the, the use of minor keys gives a certain depth and uh, even more interest to the music. Um, we have a number of really wonderful hymns, um, again, that, that are deep and also quite noble, that we sing during Holy Week. Um, and some that come to mind are, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, Ah, Holy Jesus. Those two are two German chorales that have been translated into English. And then an English hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, is another one that um, has deep meaning for many of us. Um, one thing that, that we remove during Lent is the use of the word Alleluia in our liturgy and in our singing. Uh, Alleluia meaning praise God. And we just take that out during Lent and save it to, to come back um, on Easter Sunday. Um, the other thing uh, I wanted to mention about music is that um, musicians through the ages have been inspired by the stories of Lent, and especially uh, at the end of Lent, uh, the events of Holy Week that we call uh, the Passion of Jesus Christ, the, the narrations from the Gospels. And so composers through throughout the centuries, but um, probably the most famous ones are the Passions, uh, St. John Passion, St. Matthew Passion, written by Johann Sebastian Bach, that are still quite popular today. And um, most people are familiar with Handel's Oratorio Messiah, 
Some of us tend to think of that as a Christmas work, but the bulk of it deals uh, with uh, the passion and the resurrection of Jesus. And that's another example of um, the way Lent has inspired composers through the ages. Thank you, David. Um, that's really great. I think what you mentioned, that when the mood changes also in the music, I think uh, the mood also changes in nature uh, at that time when we celebrate Lent, which is usually sometime in February. This this year it's rather late because we start Ash Wednesday on March uh, 2nd. Uh, so Lent is not a tidy season. I mean, right now it seems like everything's dirty, especially like after our last snow in our street, the plows ripped up the ground. And I mean, it, everything is just, is just a mess. And Lent is a little bit, Lent is a little bit like that. It's, it's a time when the uh, days finally are getting longer again, but they may not feel longer because they are often gray. And and actually, that's where the word Lent comes from, isn't it? It means to lengthen. To lengthen. I think it's an old English word. The days. You're right. You're absolutely right. So uh, February, interestingly, too, February means literally purification, and March is uh, taken after the spirit of war. So there is also a wrestling going on in nature, not just within ourselves. So the mood that, that you spoke of that's reflected in the music, I think is reflected inside of us. It's infle- uh, reflected outside of us uh, in nature as well. So uh, we start Lent, as we already mentioned, with Ash Wednesday. And it's sort of uh, a baptism because we are marked on our foreheads with the cross of Christ. And we usually uh, say to people, remind them, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. Uh, it also calls us back to the tree of life that beckons us to to come back to the garden uh, and into God's embrace where where we're safe uh, and where we um, where we live live and move and have our being. Uh, and the big themes of Lent are probably conversion and repentance, uh, literally meaning to turn around, turn from our ways back to God's ways. Uh, it's a time of renewal and rebirth. That's also mirrored in, in nature. And uh, uh, it's also patterned after, the, the it's called the canonic hymn in Philippians, the, when we empty ourselves just as Christ emptied himself and where we fill ourselves uh, with God's divine presence and, and God's eternal life. So it's a, it's a very significant period of time. Quite often we, we call Lent uh, a journey that's quite often used. That means uh, that at the end of Lent, we really should expect uh, that we are somewhat different people uh, than when we started that, that journey uh, with Easter. So um, Easter, our promised land, our homeland, uh, the resurrection of Christ, our resurrection uh, into eternal life. Um, a sort of the progression of that journey. And uh, so uh, we begin uh, with Ash Wednesday, but uh, of course, uh, Lent is, is only part of our holy season and that, that continues. And there are several feast days uh, that uh, we call Holy Week. 
And that begins with Palm Sunday. Right. So uh, just to back up, we should let our listeners know about our Ash Wednesday service. That will be on Wednesday, March the 2nd at 6.30 p.m. And that's a, a Eucharist service. And also people who attend will have the opportunity to come up and have the ashes placed on their forehead or um, on the back of their hand to to signify the beginning of Lent. That, that of course, thanks for, for reminding us. And then that's followed, obviously, uh, beginning of Holy Week with Palm Sunday, which is always a big day in the life of the church, also in the life of our congregation, when we have kid, the kids are coming in with palm branches and... Uh, we remember Jesus' entry uh, into Jerusalem as he makes his way uh, to the cross. We also have uh, a big brunch and, and activities for kids that day. So it's, it's, it's a joyous day that leads us into a rather somber week, and it gets more and more somber as, as we progress. And so we gather again on Monday, Thursday, which is this year, April 14th. And um, that service begins at 7 p.m. And we will meet in the St. Andrew's Memorial Garden, in the West Garden, have the first part of our service outside, uh, where we'll celebrate communion together. Then we'll move into the sanctuary and have the second part of the service, which is the tenebrae, or the, the service of shadows, as we hear readings and uh, extinguished candles um, as the life of Jesus Christ draws to an end. Then on Friday, we, we gather again, uh, this time at noon, uh, remembering that uh, Jesus uh, was crucified uh, around noon, as far as we know from Scripture. And so there will also be, uh, it's a service of readings. It's a very somber service. Uh, it's also a brief service. Uh, we don't linger long on, on Good Friday. We will also have stations of the cross uh, outside. If you um, were with us last year, we uh, started this. There are readings and musical pieces that David paired with the readings uh, and uh uh, if you have uh, a cell phone or an iPad or a tablet, you can walk around and uh, take a picture. There are QR codes on these stations, and then you can follow uh, on your on your phone. So bring a pair of headphones, and you can walk the stations uh, off the cross around the church. And you can do that either before or after the service. They should be up probably from, say, 10 to 2. And then... Uh on Easter morning, we have two services. Our uh, service, uh, the sunrise service, will be at 6.30 a.m. in the front of the church. Uh, that was a wonderful service last year, and we're looking forward to welcoming lots of people back to that again. Uh, and that will be followed by a light breakfast hosted by our board of deacons. Then the the festival service will be in the sanctuary at 10.30 a.m. with communion and choir, lots of music. We're excited this year to have brass musicians from the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra who will help to, to lead in that worship service. 
and there will be uh, lots of lilies, which means if you are allergic uh, to lilies like I am, uh, keep your, your Allegra or Zyrtec or whatever antihistamine you prefer handy uh, before you come to the service. And I say that uh, a little bit facetiously, but if you really, if you are uh, allergic, you may want to, um, to take something before you come because uh, we will have lilies everywhere to to celebrate easter and the resurrection and uh, of course the lilies are white because our liturgical color is white on easter so uh, it will be a great day and as david said we really hope and uh, look forward to seeing all of you there it will be it will be a glorious easter last year was was very different uh, i think it was uh we were together, we, but we were outside, and we could see the sanctuary, but we could not go in. But this year, we, we, are, we are back and ready to celebrate. So we hope that you will come and celebrate with us. And something else to look forward to, last year we had a new set of Easter banners in the sanctuary, um, but most of you did not get to see them because we were worshiping online at that point. So this will be the first chance for many of you to appreciate uh, these wonderful Easter banners that were made by our Danish fabric artist, Marianne Oxbow. So come, come check us out, worship with us, celebrate with us. We're looking forward to having you. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. Blessings. <laughs>